Welcome to the In Pursuit of Luxury podcast. Today I'm speaking with Raffaella Grasso, an extraordinary force of nature in the world of embroidery and beading. Pino Grasso is one of the last remaining embroidery ateliers in Milan. They specialize in handwork produced by master craftsmen using traditional and contemporary techniques. Founded by her father in 1967, they specialize in couture embroidery and have made for companies that include Valentino, Versace, Giorgio Armani and Dolce Gabbana. In those days, Milan was at the center of hand embroidery for fashion in Italy. There were many ateliers dedicated exclusively to this technique. We're going to talk about luxury, we're going to talk about craftsmanship. But firstly, Raffaella, welcome to the podcast. It's lovely to see you. Hello. Nice to meet you all. I want to ask you a bit about yourself. Tell me about you and how you got into doing what it is you do. Well, I've started uh, with my father. The company uh, started with my father in 1962. He developed his work uh, uh, starting from uh, some experience he did in a previous work uh, in uh, embroideries. And after some years, he decided to start uh, by himself. And uh, I just uh, followed him in the future because at the beginning, I was completely in another field. I studied to become a social worker and to work with uh, very special people, let's say. But in the end, uh, I fell into this job and I started to work with my father. In 1996, I had problems with my previous job and uh, my father uh, needed help in that period. And so I joined the company and from that moment on, uh, I remained with him and uh, go on uh, with this uh, special and uh, quite uh, uh, unknown job. Your father, did he embroider himself and bead himself? Did he know how to do it? Uh, well, yes, in a certain sense, yes. He started uh, uh, learning everything about embroidery. He went to Paris when he wanted to uh, learn everything. And uh, in Paris, he met uh, both all kind of providers for ma embroidery materials like uh, uh, sequence, beads, uh, trimmings uh, and everything. And he also learned a little bit of embroidery himself. He, he, he seated in a, at a loom and with a woman who was teaching him, he learned exactly all the techniques and how to embroider. And he wanted to learn it because he was aware of the fact that knowing how to do something helps you to ask your workers what you want and uh, what is really uh, possible to do. Without uh, knowing how to do it, you cannot uh, teach or ask someone to do something properly. And so he, he knew how, to, but uh, he he never did it as uh, professionally. <laughs> no. No, but I think you're absolutely right. Knowing how to do something, it makes it easier to ask somebody to do it if you can do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then you also know what to expect in terms of the quality. Especially, yes. So then how did you learn? Well, can you? I, 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 <laughs> I, 
<laughs> if my workers hear you. No, yes, I just know the technique. I'm not very able in doing it because it takes a lot of time to learn it properly, to do it precisely and fast and neat. The, the work must be as beautiful at the back as in the front, and I'm not good in doing it. I perfectly know how to do it. I follow my workers every day. I know exactly the process. I'm not very good in doing it because I never stay seated at the loom doing it. And it it's the real way to learn it and do it properly, to do it and do it and do it. And I, I haven't got a time. That's why. Tell us just about what is your role in the company? Well, at the moment, I do quite everything that uh, belongs to organization and uh, contact with the clients, uh, decisions of any kind. Uh, um, I have to follow every step of the process from the uh, first step of the project to the end. Because I talk with the clients, we decide what to do, and then we provide materials. We start with the artworks, we take everything to the embroiderers and follow the embroiderers, follow the, the work, see if it's good or not. And then when it's ready to decide if it's okay or not and to give it to the client and prices and bank. You make sure the company functions. Yes. What's exciting about the, your work? The, the, the most exciting thing is the starting of the project. As, uh, as soon as we have we decided with the client what the project will be, the theme, the mood, whatever it is they ask us. The, the, the exciting part is to start and find the research of the materials, the research of the best way to go to the, to the goal of the, of the project, no? to, to, to find new solutions, techniques, materials, uh, the idea to be developed, to reach the perfect results. So that's the, the most exciting part. And then to see the project come to life. No, uh, Every time you decide to use something and the, the embroiderers start uh, applying them to the, uh, stitching them to the fabric and everything, and, and you see it coming to life. And that's very, very exciting and interesting. And see the, that the client is happy about what you decided, what you have chosen. That's very nice. And how does that process work? How does the creative and design process work? Where are you working with designers? Uh, there are, um, let's say, two or three methods to start. Starting from the simple idea, the simple mood that the client is giving you because of uh, their collection is uh, based on this mood. No? And so you just go on and find uh, the way to create the swatches, starting from ideas, materials, uh, colors, and you create swatches. Then the client chooses among these swatches and uh, we start with the collection and the embroideries he has chosen. Or sometimes uh, the client give, gives us already a specific uh, project, uh, a specific uh, theme uh, to work on, futurism and specific images, and then we create swatches. And always with these swatches we create after the client have chosen the what's the, the best he prefers, and we go on with this project. Sometimes, but that's more rare, 
when the client gave us an already prepared project and we just have to embroider following instructions and everything. And that's something that's not so common, but it happens also. And from now on, when everything is decided, we prepare a specific artwork full of details. And it's not an artistic artwork. It's just a, um, a technical artwork with all symbols for every materials we have to use because every material has got a specific shape, color, dimension, and direction, talking about sequence, they've got a direction. So our artworks are always very technical and precise because uh, after that, the embroiderers work without having problems or questions and they are free to work uh, without uh, any doubts. And after we've prepared these artworks, so we've got a specific uh, special machine we use to make holes in the paper. And then with a powder, we pass the artwork onto the fabric, like a tattoo. We fix it with a special technique to the fabric so that even if the work takes hours and hours, the artwork will not be removed from the fabric. And then the embroiderers with all the materials and their symbols, they can work uh, freely. This is our process. Very complicated. <laughs> um, more to explain than to do it. Even if sometimes artworks are very complicated, if the work is very complicated, yes. There are some embroideries that takes more than uh, 100 materials. So it, it's very, very difficult to create the artwork, to create all the symbols and to be very precise so that the embroiderers can work without having doubts or uh, understanding very well what's in the artwork, what will be printed on the fabric. It's not so easy. Earlier you were talking about the time that you, know, you haven't learned to embroider because of the time it takes. How long typically do your embroiderers um, study before they go on to be able to make these couture pieces? Well, uh, to learn the technique, the specific technique, we use a Luneville technique. That is to say we use a very small uh, hook. Uh, it's a needle with a hook, no? The one that you use to do chain stitch hats or very easy. But our is very, very thin. It's thin like a needle. And uh, it's be, it's, it, it is used to make a chain stitch through the fabric. And every chain stitch fixes one of the materials we are stitching. That is to say, one sequin, one bead. So it's very complicated. This technique, it's, it's not so difficult to be learned. What's it's difficult is to, uh, to do it in a very precise way. This chain stitch must be very, very precise every stitch must be always at the same length you cannot do it one short one long otherwise in the end the work will be absolutely not nice i can imagine yeah and so but every material has got its length so one bead has a specific length and one sequin and sequins have got different measures three millimeters four millimeters so every time, every material has got its specific length and every time you have to learn how to do it without uh, uh, making it wrong. You have to make it very precise. And so going on with this uh, practice, you learn to do it properly, perfect and uh, fast because this is work. It's not a hobby. It's not something that you do in your free time and it takes, I don't know, uh, two days to do small lines. You have to do it very fast because work's, work has got a cost, no? 
And so that's why you have to do very fast. And it takes more or less three, four years to be very, very good doing it every day. And uh, you learn how not only to be precise, but also to solve problems, to adjust when you do something wrong, to be very neat also on the back. Uh, not A lot of skills that are very, very important when you do something like that for work. And to be perfect, it takes such a long time. Yes. So that perfectly leads me to my question about how you would then define craftsmanship. It's not only a question of doing something with your hands. It's something about doing it, knowing exactly all the process, taking the right time without wasting it, because it's very, very important. When you do something at a very high level, uh, you know that it's a... Um, it's something that will take time because it is difficult to do it. You just understand properly where it's uh, the problem, how to solve it, making it uh, every time better and better. And that's craftsmanship. Uh, that's why it takes time. And that's why it's, it's precious and valuable. You, you were talking about time, but also that you can't spend days and days and days. You have to be quick to be able to um, produce something within an amount of time that makes sure that the business still operates. Yes, uh, it, means, it doesn't mean that you can do a, a hand embroidery masterpiece in two days, no. But that you cannot stay there and uh, um, making it uh, in, in two hours what something can be done in 10 minutes. So you have to be faster in, in terms that you have to know your skills properly. You have to know the, the techniques properly. Properly means that uh, you can handle your tools in the fastest way as possible. Do your craftspeople, are they, they men and women or just women or just men? No, they're mostly women. Uh, men are starting now. We've got a couple of uh, boys who are starting and they're quite good. Because they're different techniques. So you've got beading, you've got embroidery. In our uh, laboratory, we do just uh, embroidery. Is can be done in two different ways. That's needle or the crochet. Crochet is this uh, needle with a hook. So these are the two the tools that we use. And with these two, we do everything. Everything. It's embroidery means that with a thread or apply or at stitching all the materials that are usually used for this kind of uh, embroidery. So the embroidery includes the, the beadwork? Yeah. Got you. Okay, because I think most people, when they think about embroidery, think about... Thread embroidery, cross stitch or something like that. Typically, people understand embroidery to be needlework. They don't um, appreciate that embroidery, the way you define it, is um, this very complex uh, process of... Um, that includes beading and sequins and um, other materials to make a surface pattern. Yes, yes. Uh, usually people don't know that we exist, first of all, and that uh, this kind of work can be done uh, in this way, that is not with a needle to, to apply, I mean, to stitch uh, sequins and beads and Swarovski stones and things like that, that you can do it with a crochet. It's something typical of the French couture, 
because uh, it's called Luneville Crochet because in embroidery because uh, it has been started in Luneville. That's a region in France. But it's something that has also been um, usually made here in Italy in special areas where uh, nuns used to teach it to the ladies, to the young girls. And uh, because we work from the backside of the fabric, not from the front. So you don't see what you are stitching. You just imagine it with uh, touching it with your fingers because the materials is under. It's difficult to explain uh, without seeing it, but uh, so that's more skill. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the craftsmanship levels are growing and growing and growing. Uh, yes, yes, sure, sure, sure. It is. It is difficult to explain, but I I think that a lot of people are um, uh, or uh, are starting to be very curious about it. I receive a lot of uh, requests to learn uh, this technique uh, because um, people looking in internet they found these new uh, techniques that they didn't know and they are very curious about it. So I think people are starting to be a little bit more aware of the Luneville technique, of the crochet, of the this kind of embroidery, yes. And I think, I mean, the, the, those types of things are really important because we need to keep those skills going. Um, and the more interest that people have in these techniques and the, the, you know, the more interest they have, the better, because it means that we preserve all of these very important things in Europe. Yes, uh, it, it's very, very important. Uh, these kind of techniques are something that uh, uh, are helping fashion to remain at these high levels. And this is something that can help uh, people find new opportunities. This is something that can save old skills, old uh, techniques that are very, very useful to make uh, dress more rich and beautiful and so fashion and so the tradition can be developed that's very important i was thinking about luxury and how you connect craftsmanship and luxury do you connect craftsmanship and luxury it is something that's um strictly re related because if you think that uh, uh, something that can be of high high quality and the quality is not only quality of the materials, but also of the technique it is used to be to do it. And if you do it by hand, and if you do it with someone, if someone does it, having a lot of skills, a lot of competence, a lot of uh, uh, experience, it means that this person has, is doing something with a lot of past in his hands, a lot of time a lot of uh, knowledge and this has got a great value the product that you will have in the end is something that's perfect it's something that is uh, uh, made with uh, a kind of heart in it a kind of soul in it uh, my hand are uh, some i don't know for instance when you write your own uh, way of writing is personal and unique so that is the technique that you use to do something because you use your hands in the same way. And so this object will have something of yourself in it. And this is the value and precious thing that will uh, 
transform a simple object in something that luxury. So that's a personal handwriting. That's a personal handwriting, yes. Like for embroidery. In embroidery, it's the same thing. I've got 10 different workers and they do 10 different uh, kind of embroidery in the end, even if they do the same thing. Yeah, and that's what makes it so special, and that's the that's the luxury. That's the luxury, also one of yeah. the of the thing that makes luxury. If you have um, a number of your workers, embroiderers, um, producing the same thing, can they tell who's done what? Sometimes yes. <laughs> it depends on the kind of work, but sometimes yes, because um, someone has got a strict hand, someone is more loose, someone is uh, more creative, someone is just a l- little bit more technical. So this is something that sometimes you can see, you can de- recognize while looking at the final product, yes. Yeah, and that's like a painting, isn't it? You know, th- again, it's the handwriting, you know, you can... Uh-huh. In a certain way, yes. In a certain way, yes. And then don't forget that something that is made by hand is something that takes time, as we were talking before about. And time is precious in this case, because when you try to do something that's very long and complicated, and you have to to follow it every day, and this means that you put a lot of yourself in it. Time is your time, no? So it's something that's very, very important also. It's not something that you do in two minutes. And this means that you have to uh, to consider how much of this person is inside it. Do the designers appreciate... <laughs> I'm hoping you're going to say yes, but do the designers appreciate that intense labor that goes into producing these amazing things that they design? Uh, I think they appreciate the way you you work, the way you create uh, the swatches, the way you interpret their thoughts. Because when you do this work, you have to enter their minds. When they give you uh, the project, when they talk uh, to you about the project for the first time, you have to enter their minds and say, okay, this is for Mr. and... uh, or misses or whatever, and say, okay, uh, I know his way of working. I know how he or she wants this job to be done. And so you follow their their mind. You follow their usual um, style. And this is the way we enter their world. And so they appreciate when we understand exactly what they want. And this is something that uh, I can really say it's, it's, it's like this. But uh, in the end, uh, the, the, the problem is that uh, they, um, they need a lot of things in a very fast, uh, 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 fast time, very short time. You have to work too fast. You have to do a lot of things without being too expensive, without being too, to be very, very precise and everything must be completely perfect. Even if uh, you have one week to do something that needs more or less uh, three weeks. And mm, let's say- That's designers. That's designers. (laughs) Mm, That's designers. I know being a designer myself that, you know, 
you, you leave everything to the last minute and think, oh, I've just had this idea. Who's going to mm. make it? In, in that way, they don't really seem to um, appreciate you so much because appreciation also means that you have to give the right time to do things properly. It uh, should be like this, yes. Um, tell us a bit about the materials you use. The, the fabrics we use are always or quite always given by the client. Uh, they choose their fabrics among their uh, provider selection. The, the collection is always starting from the fabrics and they choose their own fabrics. And then they give us fabrics to work on. We don't work on already made dresses, but only on fabrics. We prepare the artworks. We put this powder to pass the design, the artwork, and then we embroider with, uh, if I can say, uh, with quite everything that can be stitched on the fabric, uh, starting from usual embroidery materials, like as we said, beads, any kind of beads, uh, or crystals and stones, pearls, and be the sequence have got various various forms, shapes, and colors, or uh, mother of pearls, corals, wood, metal, resins, plexiglass. Uh, sometimes also, uh, you know that in the electric wires, there's uh, copper copper threads, very small one. We use those. We use any kind of um, uh, plastic material or uh, we create plastics, we create uh, shapes with the resins, polymeric, past or things like that, everything that can be used. Just thinking about all the materials that you've just mentioned, I mean, a lot of them are modern materials. Do you need to find new ways of fixing them to the base cloth? Do you introduce new materials? Do you use 3D printing, for example? Yes, materials are the first thing that we think of when we talk about innovation because our specific work is just to embellish the fabric, no? So materials are something that is the is our most important uh, uh, thing when we do embroideries. Techniques are always the same. We have to stitch things on the fabric. Techniques can change when we talk about thread embroidery. So we just change the way to attach things to the fabric. But mainly the important thing is to find new materials, to be innovative. The materials can be uh, for, for us, for what we think about when we talk about embroidery, can be stitch stitched and not using glue or other techniques because the the real uh, uh, nice thing is that they are beautiful that they are handmade if i put a glue or something like that it's not so interesting and not uh, beautiful so we want to stitch it no no i was thinking glue is for eurovision <laughs> Yes, all these hot fixes, crystals are, uh, I don't love them, even if I can admit they are nice, but not so Eurovision <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, and uh, um, that's why we, we try to find uh, new materials and the way to stitch them. Uh, innovation is in the way we can try and stitch things that usually are 
cannot be stitched on fabric. You're working with such little things, such, you know, bugle beads and tiny little um, glass beads and sequins. You know, they, the holes are tiny. Are very, very small, yes, but... Uh, we don't work only with small elements. A small, uh, sometimes uh, uh, our clients ask us for the smallest thing in the world. They would always want small, 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 because they think that using small things, small elements makes the embroidery more um, special and precious. Sometimes it's correct, but sometimes the, the uh, also other things are interesting and beautiful. We work a lot with plexiglass now and plexiglass elements are not so small, are quite big and sometimes if you use a lot of them, they become heavy on the dress. But they, you can do any kind of shape, any kind of different color, you can create different images and it's very interesting. And talking about 3Ds is something we are studying because 3Ds, machines and projects are interesting, but too slow for us. So how long then um, typically would it take to make um, a piece for a couture dress? It depends. It depends from the kind of materials we are using, how much embroidery is there on a dress. It can take from 200, 300 hours till 1,000, 2,000 hours. It depends. Okay, so typically you're looking at a month to make one. But it know, depends. One... Yes, it yeah, depends. Yeah, sure. It yeah. can take one week if it's not so if it's a cuff. So big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, from the kind of embroidery, sometimes embroideries are fast enough; you can do it quickly. Sometimes they are complicated; they need a lot of a lot of work. So. You know, stitching just sequence is not something so complicated. But if you have to do some kind of thread embroidery and over it to put some other materials and to to make very different materials embroidery, it takes a lot of time, yes. And I was wondering if you see the difference between craft and craftsmanship. Not really. We've got craftsmen and craftsmanship, craft, but and it sounds like uh, in Italian, like mestiere, having the skills, learning them while doing it, not uh, making a school or something, just working with someone who's teaching you and doing it uh, every day, you know, and learning it day by day. And uh, the, the difference is always related to the quality and the difference that you find that you see during the process are reaching something that's special and perfect and with a particular richness in it. So just tell me about the, how the customers are responding to how they respond to your work, which is all Italian made by your team of um, embroiderers in, um, in Milan. How do they respond to the, to the workmanship of, of, of your embroiderers? Do you ever get that feedback, I guess? Yes, uh, the, the, the clients are always demanding a lot because they know our skills are very high. And uh, yes, sometimes we have a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, compliments is correct in English. Mm -hmm. Because we reach, uh, as I told you before, uh, we reach the goal. We, we just... Uh, uh, focus on their usual thoughts, their style. We just enter their minds and they 
recognize this. They know we, we are able to do that. But also our capacity, our ability to mix uh, techniques, uh, uh, having the capability to um, create an harmony in the project. Uh, we, we always included other cultures in together with our. And so we have a particular way and taste to mix things and create new ones. And this is something special of our uh, ability. It's our uh, capacity of creating new things with a mixture of different tastes and uh, colors and harmony. I was thinking about other companies like yours in, in Italy. Are there lots of or are there other companies who are doing what you do like specialized in a particular area so you know you do the embroidery is there a company who specializes um in making silk flowers for example in italy are there lots of you know these little companies still existing uh, i don't think there are a lot but there are some uh, once it used to be a lot of them uh, during the the high fashion time when it started and uh, it's it used to be a very big uh, quanti a lot of these companies but now i think there are not more than six or seven companies like ours i oh. don't know if they are all completely hand embroiderers or if they have also some machines or things like that but uh, most of them are with a base in italy but uh, people working in India. So they are just uh, here with a, with a part of it, but com yeah, not so completely Italian. Yes, it's not completely Italian. Some of them, but some are Italian, yes. There are. And what about emerging designers? So young designers, are they, you know, do they come, you know, do you see young designers coming to you to produce some of the materials? Uh, well, young designers come, but it's very difficult to deal with them. They are used to, to see Indian embroideries. And so they are, uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of them are convinced that uh, embroideries are these. It means that very simple and flat and inexpensive. And so if they ask us to do something, they always want something that costs very, very little and um, it's difficult to start projects with them. They do not uh, let us create. They are always coming saying, I want this, this and this. And are some, usually it's something very easy and um, not so particular, but it must cost nothing. It must be done very fast and it's something very, I don't know, nothing so special. And it's very right. difficult with them. And you'd think um, that it would be the opposite because you'd think that they're so aware of what's going on in the world that they would be more inclined to want something that was much more special because they are, you know, they know the environmental damage that's being done. And, you know, at universities there, well, certainly in England, students are, are very aware of the impact of their actions on the world around them. So, um, yeah, I'm slightly surprised that they would come with that attitude. Well, they really 
are involved in the environmental problems. They know about these things, but not all of them uh, are focused on embroideries related to that. Not all of them. Some of them, yes. We've got a very special client. He's young, he's starting his new brand uh, since I think it's about three or four years. And he's, he's doing everything related to environmental problems, recycling, is using a lot of recycled elements for everything, for the fabrics, for, the, for, for, for all of his collection. But not all of them are really focusing on it. Perhaps they start with special fabrics, everything must be for other things related to the, to the tailoring and everything, but uh, embroideries are something that is just uh, an extra. And they're not thinking about it properly related to that. And what about your embroiderers? Do they produce their own work? Oh, sometimes, yes. Not so much. They don't have so much free time. But uh, they all do this work because they love it. And so it's very difficult for them to separate work from their hobby and free time enjoyment. So sometimes they do it also at home uh, for themselves and but not only embroideries, also knitting and crochet, crochet, do it, crochet, yeah, crocheting, yeah, yeah. Also, what was it? Yeah. yeah, they do every kind of uh, handwork that can satisfy them. They sometimes they do it, yes. Yeah, and that's amazing. I mean, yeah. So you have this skill, and you never lose it, and you continually making things and learning, and I mean, that's the you ideal know that. craftsman. Yes, but you know that staying eight hours every day sitting at the loom doing always the same thing, it's not so fashionable. <laughs> no, no, it, no. It's difficult. It's, sometimes it's boring. If the work you are doing is making lines and lines of, of beads or sequence, it's not so amusing. Man. Sometimes it's boring. So you, you really have to love it. And uh, you, you are a really a good embroiderer when this work enters your blood. That's that's the 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 real way to do it properly because otherwise it's too difficult. It's too difficult when you do something so creative, but the the, the creativity it's not yours. You are working for someone else. You are using someone else's creativity, and that's sometimes um, making difficult. you yes. And that's why I asked if they do their own embroidery because I can imagine if you've got that skill to be able to do something, how amazing it would be to not only do something for somebody else. Yes. But you know that when we do swatches and samples for the clients, I always leave them free to create uh, what they want. That's very important because when we have an idea and we have to start a new project and the theme is, I don't know, as I said before, futurism or, I don't know, the soil of the moon, the moon soil. And uh, everybody thinks to something different. So if I have to give my client swatches that can be different one from the other, the best way is to leave free work to everybody and say, okay, this is the idea, just create what you want. And in the end, I will have many different swatches with very different image. And this is very this is something that's appreciated from the clients very much because in this way everybody can express herself or himself in the best way they can mm. and this is um, satisfying fantastic. 
And when the client choose one of these, the who did it is very, very happy and said, I did a great job. (laughs) And this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then the work kind of it it enters a different world. Yes, they can express themselves, use their creativity, use their skills and uh, uh, get also a, a reward. When it's when the sample is chosen, it's a great reward, and then you will see a dress completely created with your own idea. Mm. That's fantastic. That's the perfect place to end, I think. <laughs> but before we do, what is your luxury? My luxury at the moment is time. I really need the uh, time for myself and for my family because I'm so much involved in the in the business that it's difficult to find some moments to to relax and to completely stop thinking to job uh, to the job to my work and the problems and the situation and everything and um, this is the best thing for me at the moment Raffaella Grasso that was insightful um I've learned a lot about embroidery I hope um <laughs> yeah no I absolutely have and in fact I've always wanted to try and do embroidery so when your school opens because i know you've got a school oh you're welcome (laughs) when you want (laughs) yeah when it opens yes i'll I'll give it a hand i don't think i'll be as quick obviously as and as neat as your embroiderers otherwise i'll be working for you the beginners are have to learn so just learn slowly and then increase your speed and time Mm. brilliant well thank you so much for joining us Thank you. Thank you for interviewing me and let give me the opportunity to talk about my business. Raffaella, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Intellect Books, our partner. Thank you for listening and join us next time on the In Pursuit of Luxury podcast. <laughs>